Welcome to Engage Your Tribe, a podcast about the art and science of audience engagement. I'm Jeremy Shear, and my guest is Josh Feldman, Director of Marketing at MVP Index. Josh, it's great to have you on the show. Hey, Jeremy. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you a little bit today. Very good. So start by telling us about a memorable marketing moment, what I call a marketing moment that you've experienced in your career. Yeah, for sure. So I um, actually had one recently with uh, with MVP this past summer. So here at MVP, you know, we're a, we're a SaaS media measurement company. I can get into more detail about that later in our conversation, but we are in the sports sponsorship industry. And last summer, the Milwaukee Bucks won the uh, NBA championship. If you're an NBA fan, I'm sure you, you watched those games and followed it. But in the game clincher, Giannis scored 50 points, won the, won the championship. MVP was out all night. And that next morning, he was actually in a Chick-fil-A drive through line. And right. he was on Instagram Live um, posting about it. And he was really funny about it. He was like, I don't want... I don't, can't remember the exact quote, but he was, you know, I don't want 48 chicken nuggets. I don't want 49 chicken nuggets. Right. You know, I want 50 chicken nuggets to, to kind of point to his 50 points that he had the night before. So, you know, obviously it went all over viral. It was on ESPN. Everyone on social was picking up talking about, you know, Giannis being in, at 7 a.m., you know, in a Chick-fil-A line. So us being a sports sponsorship measurement company, it was a great opportunity for us to go in, evaluate what that worth was for Chick-fil-A because, Everyone, like I said, everyone was talking about it. Giannis has a huge following, so we took that moment, created a fun, uh, a fun tweet where we kind of played off on the amount of value that it provided for Chick Fil A. Posted that on Twitter and tagged Giannis in it, and then you know, kind of you know, did that in the morning. Kind of went along our day in the next few hours, and then I remember you know distinctly around four or five o'clock, our our Twitter account was just blowing up in mm-hmm. every way possible. And it turns out that Giannis saw in the midst of uh, you know his parade and everything that was going on with the Bucks, he ended up retweeting it and saying, can I get Chick-fil-A for life now? So it got posted there. And then in all kind of like the, you know, the few days following uh, the championship, it was picked up by Bleacher Report, who did a story about Sports Illustrated, wrote about, uh, you know, us at MVP and, and the evaluation that we gave for Chick-fil-A. It was actually on ESPN The Jump. So it was just kind of really cool to see, you know, not just our name in the bright lights and kind of being associated with this cool moment in the NBA, but also the power of social media and earned media and how, you know, kind of a, a simple yet strategic um, execution that we came up with and we do on a regular basis here at MVP and paid off in, in such great brand value and, and, and brand, brand dividend for us. Wow. What a cool moment. That's awesome. What a great example. Giannis is, is so awesome, right? Like not only did he drop a 50 piece in that game and they won the championship and then like, yeah, that he went to Chick-fil-A and got those nuggets. It was just so classic. Like what other NBA superstar would do that? I, I really can't think of any. I yeah. know, I know. It was it's cool because, you know, it, it sounds cliche, but couldn't be happened for a better guy just, you know, as a huge NBA Absolutely. fan I was following and you know, he's kind of had, you know, obviously had those MVP seasons, but for him to kind of reach the pinnacle and get over the hump and then mm-hmm. um it just kind of speaks to him as a as an athlete and as, you know, kind of a brand ambassador where he's just very genuine and authentic and for him to just kind of see, you know, him the value he was providing for Chick-fil-A and for him to engage with our post on that really just speaks to the type of person that that Giannis is and how he interacts with his you know fans on social media. Yeah, yeah, he's just like the real deal. I mean, that that's like a a win-win-win. There might be more wins in there. Like obviously it was a win for the Bucks who won the championship. Win for Giannis personally who, you know, scored the 50 and like totally validated his superstar status. 
a huge win for Chick-fil-A, right? Like just out of nowhere, they're like, oh my God, you know, we're in the spotlight. What could be better than that? And I also think it's, it's a win for whoever took his order, <laughs> you know, like who just happened to be like, is this really honest? Like, no way you get to meet him. And then a win for you guys too, right? And like, you just jumped on that, which is really cool. I think that's like five wins, like a win, 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 win. There you go. Yeah, it definitely speaks to that that fifteen minutes of fame, like you said, for the for the Chick Fil A, you know, workers and things like that. But for us, the you know the value we got out of it was almost immeasurable. You know, we had I'm sure. so many leads coming in. You know, from a quantitative perspective, our our social accounts, you know, nearly doubled mm-hmm. and tripled just mm-hmm. from that from that interaction. And then we're actually uh, we are in in works of you know partnering with the Milwaukee Bucks and you know you can say what well, you know the chicken or the egg but we ended up they became a, a partner of ours so we work with mm-hmm. them on a regular basis but yeah it definitely speaks to like i said the power of social media and, and earned media of how something yeah. you know small so small but a few characters on twitter can have such a big impact on you know across the industry yeah no doubt now you've said already a little bit about what you guys do, but say a little bit more. What just to make sure our listeners understand, what exactly does is MVP Index all about? Yeah, definitely. I guess I was kind of you know burying the lead with that story, but <laughs> um, happy to to circle back there. So MVP at, at, at a high level, we are a SaaS media me- media measurement company for sponsorships, and we're a platform. So we're really focused on you know transparency of our data and the accuracy with our evaluations. So we'll partner with brands, properties, like I mentioned, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks. So different teams across, you know, all of the, you know, different sports industries from MLB to NFL to NASCAR, um, working with these different properties and also agencies. So with them as our, as our clients, we'll provide them access to our platform where they can go in and see different evaluations from broadcast, social and a streaming perspective. So that really gives them an omni-channel view of how their partnerships are working for them. They can then evaluate, you know, what executions are working the best and how they can make you know, strategic ROI decisions on their sponsorships. Okay, really cool. So now I know that you guys really put a lot of focus, and you in particular in your, in your role, you put a lot of focus on content, on content marketing. So let me just start right there. Why do you do that? Yeah, for sure. So for us, Content is really a way for us to, you know, in a compelling way, tell our data story. And uh, that's something that, that we talk about a lot is, you know, how to tell data, how to tell stories through data. So we do that in three fashions. First one, which I alluded to with the Giannis post is through social media. So that's more like, you know, short stories that are relevant to a specific moment in time. For example, you know, the Masters just happened last weekend, you know, a day or two afterwards, we're kind of telling, you know, about the winner of these events or, you know, what's a compelling brand story that we can pull from our platform and and put on social media so that we can stay relevant and, and stay timely with what's going on in the sports industry and specifically the sports sponsorship. And with that kind of going another layer deeper, we do long form articles. So these are providing, you know, our POV on current industry events, utilizing our data to tell these stories and just really, again, going deeper than we would from a social perspective with with these different stories. So we're doing one right now about a preview for the NBA playoffs, which is going to be, you know, up later this week as we go into that season. So kind of looking back on social and how the the playoff teams performed over the course of the season and what that's going to mean going into into the playoffs where there's you know extra eyes on these different social media accounts. So that's just an example of of the type of content that we're producing there. Mm-hmm. And then finally third level deeper if you would, we call these dynamic reports. 
And really with these, we use an in-depth data stories around tentpole events. So specifically, you know, we'll do these around the Olympics that we had two of them in the last, you know, last year, two different Olympics, so two different reports. We'll do it around the Super Bowl, March Madness, any type of like major event in the sports sponsorship world. We'll create a dynamic report around from a marketing perspective to tell a really in-depth data story. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you let's talk more about that because you shared one of those reports with me and they're really cool. I'll put a link to, to the one you shared in the show notes so people can check it out. It, it's it's just real. It's dynamic, like you say, and it's like text and video and images. It's like a very kind of immersive experience, you know, much more so than just reading a blog or something like that. So why do you guys do that? Because clearly it takes a lot of time and energy to put something like that together. The production value is pretty high. So why do you invest all that time in that? Like, what's the strategy behind the dynamic reports? Yeah, definitely. So the strategy behind it um, at a high level, so it is a, it's a web-based report. Think of, as you mentioned, you know, we have videos, we have data visualizations that are interactive. You can click through it. It's, you know, kind of moving away from, you know, a static PDF where you just kind of scroll. With this, you kind of, you can scroll through and interact and, and kind of choose your own adventure as far as what the data and and the the different stories are telling you. So this is actually a product that we service with our clients. You know, they can buy these from us to tell large data stories. And the reason we find a lot of value with our customers for them are that it can really tell data and go in depth from like the need of an analyst. So if you're an analyst, you're trying to get really deep into the weeds and try to pull out compelling insights that can um, then be shared across your your company or your org. So what we like kind of like the tagline with these reports is that they are web-based, they're easy to share, they can go as deep and in-depth for an analyst, but they're also as easy to understand and insightful where they can get passed along to a C-suite, you know, exec who can take a look at them and within five minutes understand, you know, what's going on with the sponsorship, what's going on with the marketing campaign and do it in a really compelling way um, and transferable way where, you know, they don't want to look through, you know, 10,000 data points in an Excel spreadsheet and try and pull their data. We're, we're doing that for them. And again, doing it in a really compelling way. So mm-hmm. that's kind of the, the purpose of those from a services and product standpoint, as we work with our, our clients and customers. From a marketing standpoint, we, you know, strategically, while we do them, you, at, you're spot on. They are an investment of time to get these done, but also uh, kind of twofold with those. It, it helps kind of push forward the the type of data stories that we can tell. So, you know, really showcases what we can do for potential customers and clients. And when we did these, for example, you mentioned the Super Bowl report, which, you, which you're putting in your in your your pod notes there. But I can touch on that one specifically if you like. But basically what we did is we took the minute to minute viewership from this, this past Super Bowl. So the Rams, you know, just won against the Bengals. So what minute to minute means is that instead of looking at the average viewership throughout the entire game and utilizing that to calculate the sponsorship value. We actually looked at different minutes because for example, if somebody, you know, at the start of the game, there's probably less people tuned in than, you know, as, as we spike and as we go, you know, past the national anthem, more people are turning on their television. So we're able to track that to a minute to minute perspective, or if the game is a blowout, we know in the fourth quarter, you know, casual fans might be turning it off or changing the channel or kind of step, you know, stepping away and, and like we said, stop watching the game. So it's really important for us to look at those minute to minute viewership indicators versus a full average. And then what we're able to do is break down every time a sponsor popped up with their logo during the broadcast, we were able to determine how long they were on screen, how visible they were on screen, and then put an evaluation with our methodology 
to determine how much worth that was for that brand. So if, you know, you're wearing a headset right now, you know, Bose is the sponsor of that for the NFL. So anytime a Bose headset popped up on screen, you know, we tagged it, we tracked it, how long it was on screen and what that was worth. So in this dynamic report specifically, we have a great data visualization where it actually looks like kind of like a DNA mapping where you can go in and hover over each second or, or you know, minute of the game and see how, what that value was for each of those brands. So we think that's like, a, again, a really compelling way to break down an enormous data set for people to go in and track there. And then a secondary, you know, storyline that we have is just, it's kind of a principle of ours that, you know, sponsorship, you know, people, the value of sponsorship is that, you know, people are attached to emotions of a game. And with that, it provides different levels of value for a sponsorship. So for example, you know, Gatorade's a big partner of the NFL. Everyone knows they have Gatorade all over the sidelines. When you're watching the Super Bowl, you know, a casual fan may not, you know, every single time recognize that during a timeout, you know, Matt Stafford is holding a Gatorade bottle and squeezing it into a mouth. They might see it, but I don't know if they necessarily recognize that Gatorade is right there. While we do track that, that logo pickup and that logo detection, where we find a lot of interest is in those key moments where later in the game when Sean McVay, you know, they won the Super Bowl and they dumped Gatorade all over him. That's a key moment that they replayed on, ES- on NBC three times. It was picked up on social everywhere. There was a huge balloon effect because that's a major moment in the game. People actually gamble on what color Gatorade gets dumped on the coaches these days. So in doing that, we saw that that's a huge moment that has a lot more emotional tie. So let's identify a few of those key moments within the Super Bowl. For example, that halftime, there was another moment with Aaron Donald when he you know, kind of celebrated that we took a look at as well and provided organic value for, or sorry, earned um, value for, for Nike. So we took a lot of a look at those moments and, and determined what, what value that had for, for each of those brands. So again, mm-hmm. kind of tying it back to how we can take this a vast amount of data and then use it to create really compelling stories in a visual manner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And it sounds to me like you get like at least two levels of value from these dynamic reports. One is, as you said, you, you can demonstrate what it is you can do for your clients, right? By creating the reports kind of for yourself is like, hey, here's an example of what we can do. And because they're so interesting to look at and different than other kinds of content, they help you cut through, right? So they don't just blend into the background. It's something different, which is usually a good thing if it's done well if you want to get people's attention. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We have a huge emphasis. We have an amazing design team here, specifically with data visualization. So the data visualizations that you see in these reports kind of mirror what we do in our platform because, you know, that's just kind of part of our ethos and how we're building our brand is, you know, the importance of, of data and how that is transferable, as I've mentioned. So yeah, to your point, helps cut through the noise. And we take it a little bit different of a, of a spin. We know Super Bowl, you know, it's all about, you know, commercials and what people are paying for ads. However, in our landscape, in our industry, you know, we're just as focused on what's happening in game because we know that, you know, Mm -hmm. brands are paying big dollars for those ad, you know, those quote unquote ad placements and logo placements, you know, inside the game. Yeah. You know, by the way, like you, so you mentioned the Gatorade bath, right? Everyone knows what that is. It's like, what a marketing thing for Gatorade. You know, and I'm assuming this wasn't planned. It probably at some point just com- like some team was like celebrating and someone grabbed the bucket and dumped it all over the coast, just like without really thinking about it. 
I wonder when the first time that happened is. You know, I so so Gatorade actually used to be a client of mine a few a few job lives ago, and I know I know that. So they're great. Obviously, they're they're very smart at what they do and in, in their sponsorships, and you can tell the way they even design their their coolers with the logo placements are, right. are very um, specific and well planned out. But you asking that question kind of jogs a memory. I don't know if it was like an ESPN thirty for thirty short or something, but I know that there is a. Uh, a story behind the first Gatorade bath and, and why that's become uh-huh. such a tradition in the sport. So I'm sure in, in this age of, of YouTube and everything, there's a way to, to find that, but it, that yeah, story does right. exist out there. I mean, I'm assuming it was just sort of a spontaneous thing, but I don't know, maybe Gatorade was like, Hmm, let's, Maybe they're like, yeah, grab the thing and throw it over the coach. Let's see what happens. Yeah, no, Maybe I think they the, planned it. I think the first one was organic, and then from there, it's kind of built on a you know a nice little life yeah. of its own. But as I mentioned, you know, there you know their money lines. There's there's gambling that goes into like what color is being <laughs> that's crazy. Uh, dumped over the coach's head. So that's always you know fun leading up to the Super Bowls. I guess so. I hope people aren't betting a huge amounts of money on that. It just seems dumb. Like you're just guessing. You have no way of knowing. Yeah, that, you know? yeah. It's kind of like the length of the national anthem, and you know, <laughs> right. somehow, yes. somehow, you know, the the you know Vegas and wow. everything has been able to figure out those odds. Yeah, a lot, a lot of gambling addicts out there just gamble on just about anything. Anyway, okay. So a few quick questions here to to wrap up. So what's your main focus in Q2? Yeah, so our big focus for Q2 is really about amplification. Over the course of you know the past year, we've really been um, investing you know time and, and you know et cetera into our product, our features, and our service. So with that investment, you know we've really been able to innovate and and develop a compelling product that we know is answering questions and needs in the marketplace. So now, kind of moving into Q2, you know we've you know highlighted a little bit how we're doing that from a content perspective, but now we're looking forward, we're, you know, trying to get loud, you know, make some more noise in the marketplace and, and, you know, honestly just, you know, build more awareness for us as a brand. Okay. Very good. Next question. What are the top three KPIs that your boss keeps tabs on? Yeah. So I report directly to our CEO and as you can imagine, he's got an eye or both eyes on revenue. Mm-hmm. So with that, you know, me, me leading the marketing department, the top KPIs that I really focus on are lead gen from like a total and you know kind of average monthly number also length of the sales cycle that's something that we really hone in on as you know we produce content not just the content i spoke to you about but also you know sales collateral different pieces of product marketing that we can do to to shorten that sales cycle for us for our team and then the third one you know is that i look at is engagement as an indicator of brand awareness, you know, who's, who's, who's engaging with our brand, you know, whether it's on social or in, in, in other channels, but just kind of, you know, seeing that elevated look of not just quantity, but quality as we move into the right, you know, demographics for who we're trying to target. And again, seeing those people, you know, engaging with us on a daily basis. Okay. And finally, what do you and your team hope to accomplish this year? Yeah, honestly, this is going to be a big year for MVP. As I mentioned, you know, we've got this amazing platform. And I think what we're most, you know, looking forward to and accomplishing this year is really making an impact in the measurement industry. We think it's due for, you know, some changes and some disruption and, you know, based on, you know, our technology and our ability to really disrupt the industry in that space. And we think we're going to be big players and start, you know, making a big push in that on both like the brand and property side. So um, hoping to, you know, to kind of see us push that industry forward. 
Okay, cool. And I actually have one one last question. Do you think the Bucks are going to repeat? Honestly, I, I it, it's it's I think I do. You know, early in the season, I think the Nets were the team that everyone was was leaning in on. But you know, based on what they've shown as being a bit of a two man team, I don't know if they're that favorite. You know, we kind of people then cycled to the the Sixers right after that. But it seems like the Bucks have just been kind of steady throughout the season mm-hmm. and, and building at the right time. I think on the West side, the Suns are going to be hard to beat. So I know it might might be cliche or a little obvious to pick a, a repeat of of Bucks and Suns in the in the championship, but that's kind of where my head's leaning. I think the East is a little bit more up for grabs in the West, but especially with the Steph Curry injury. Yeah, I think I think Suns, Bucks, and honestly, I think it'd be a coin flip there. It'd be really interesting to see that matchup again. Yeah, I, I agree. I think especially that the Lakers are out, right? If LeBron's not involved, because you can never count him out if he's actually in the playoffs, right? But once he's no longer in there, then it's like, well, yeah, the Suns are clearly the best team. I mean, they've been the best team overall. But I still, I just think Giannis is an unstoppable force. I mean, he's he's even better than he was last year. I think Chick Fil A needs to needs to get the the fryer ready again. I think he's got another another fifty piece coming. Yeah, well, I'll <laughs> say. I mean, if if Giannis goes back to back, and you know, with his Defensive Player of the Year MVPs, you know, Finals MVP, he'll definitely yeah. be put into another stratosphere and kind of be start putting on that uh, pantheon of players. So yeah, he'll be uh, he'll be in icon status. He's, he already kind of is, but but he's still so young. It's amazing. Well, anyway, thank you so much for your insights, for your time, for a great conversation. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I appreciate it. No, I appreciate the, the business talk and, and the sports talk always. So as a, a sports marketer for my 15 years in the career, I love you know, kind of bleeding between the two and, and really enjoy what you're doing over there. All right. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jeremy. That's it for this episode of Engage Your Tribe. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. Engage Your Tribe is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting. Check us out at conversa.com, that's conversa with two N's, to learn more about how we help B2B brands start podcasts to connect through conversation with the buyers and decision makers they need to get to know to grow their business. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.